Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, offering securities through United Planner Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC shares his planning approach to help people toward a place where they may be at peace regarding their financial goals. In this dynamic podcast, Royal will share his insights on how to design a retirement plan to help you plan for your future. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Life by Design podcast with Royal Stanley from Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors. Today, we're going to be talking about estate planning basics. Good morning, Royal. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Glad to be here. All right. It's it's a beautiful uh, fall day. The weather's starting to cool down. We've got clear skies. You know, I, I... it's just fantastic. Just fantastic. And I'm just going to remind you that I am jealous of you being in the beautiful Northwest. Being in the Midwest yesterday was a high of 93. Today's high is 58. It has no oh, idea wow. what it's doing. Yeah. It doesn't know what it's doing. So Not schizophrenic at all. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> the leaves are actually going back onto the trees. Uh, I don't know. I'm kidding. Um, so today is estate planning basics. I don't think there's anything real basic about estate planning. What are we going to talk about today? Well, you know, just thinking about the seasons, you mm-hmm. know, we, we don't think about winter coming very often. And just like that, we, we, we don't think about our estate plan until a lot of people have a situation where it's just on top of them. Mm-hmm. It's really, you know, like winter where all of a sudden you realize, oh, wow, the leaves are dropping off. We are getting older. It is time to start planning for what oftentimes we don't want to think about, mm-hmm. which is the end of our lives or the 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 end of our, our spouse's lives. Mm-hmm. So doing an estate plan is, is never fun work. It's really the eating your vegetables of financial planning <laughs> is, you know, when, when we get into, so do you have a will? Do you have a trust? Have you thought about how you would like to pass on all this wealth you've accumulated? You can always kind of tell clients are... are often very reluctant to get into those specifics because often they, they it's not something you want to think about. But what we're going to do today is we're just going to talk about it. We're going to talk about some of the facts and some of the, the way these things work together and hopefully just educate our listeners about how they can approach this topic without being afraid. Yeah, that I that what a great analogy. Eating your vegetables, right? Because for me, Brussels sprouts. Oh, good gravy. I just cannot stand Brussels sprouts. And when I was a kid, I would prolong it and I would sit there. And then of course they're cold and they're getting grosser by the minute. And it's more and more difficult to have to deal with them at that point. And it sounds like this is kind of the same situation. There's a lot of tough questions in estate planning that people just don't want to have to answer or they don't want to ask themselves. And I think that's the bigger question. It's a, a lot of people just don't want to address it. Mm-hmm. They, they, they know what they think might happen or what, what they might like to happen, but thinking about it isn't enough. Yeah. We have to develop an actual plan there. So what an, what an estate plan is, is really using legal documents like a will or like a trust lining out what you would like to have done with the wealth you've accumulated. Now, let me just clear this up first. Everyone has an estate plan, whether you have a will or a trust. If you don't have a will or the trust, your estate plan will be determined by the state that you live in. Ouch. 
So if you're a resident of Oregon and you pass away in Oregon, you're going to uh, be held to the rules of dying intestate. That means without a will in the state of Oregon. And the state of Oregon determines what, what happens to your estate. Wow. It's a pretty messy situation that the vast majority of clients would, would probably like to avoid and not subject their heirs to. Yeah, if anybody's been to the DMV, <laughs> which is run by the state, I'm thinking you don't want them, you know, the state handling your final affairs and, and what you want done with your stuff because it's definitely not going to line up with what the state wants done with your stuff, I'm thinking. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. Boy. So so everybody has an estate plan. It's just whether or not you want to put any input into it. Mm-hmm. So my personal opinion is, is everyone should address what's going to happen to, to their assets, regardless of how much they have. You know, I think especially if you have kids, mm-hmm. it, it's just an essential component uh, of life is to have that will or that trust that determines who's going to look after the kids and what's going to happen to your assets. And it's something that you really can't look at too early. You can always put in place a simple will to protect you and your loved ones right away. I mean, once you, once you pass the age of, uh, pass into uh, adulthood at 18, it's probably something that, that you might want to consider. Mm-hmm. Because it's not that difficult to get a will in place. Now, before we get too far into this, I do want to bring up, I'm not an attorney. I I don't prepare legal documents. And I don't make legal recommendations. What we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the different forms. And then I'm going to recommend that you go out and you find an attorney that you can work with or do the research online yourself to determine what's going to be the best fit for you and your individual situation. Okay. Sounds good. So – You've probably heard in the news some of these celebrity deaths that have happened, and we're talking million-dollar estates, and no estate plan was done at all. I'm thinking uh, just recently, Prince passed away without a will just a few years ago, Yeah, and then Aretha Franklin, I believe, was this year. No will for her estate. So what ends up happening is is, uh, her family now has to step in there. And begin that process of going through probate with uh, the state uh, courts to determine who owns those assets. And that can be a very public uh, and a very painful process because you, you basically have to go in and prove your claims on those, those uh, estates. Conversely, you have somebody passing away like Michael Jackson who did have a will I- in place which did create a trust to hold all of those assets for his kids. Hmm. Uh, just recently, uh, here a, a month or so ago, you had a young rapper by the name of Mac Miller pass away. And I was just reading recently, he was only 26 years old, but he had a will in place, oh, which wow. created a trust. And he was able to pass on his estate according to what his wishes were. Now, the beauty here is, and we'll talk about wills versus trust, but since he had a trust in place to determine where those assets went to, uh, it didn't have to be a public process. Because it went into the name of the trust, that trust is designed to pass on his assets without having to go through the court process, 
which is a, a much more private situation that I think most people would like to have if they had the choice. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think of Prince specifically. I don't know much about the Aretha case, but I know that Prince had a vault. And in his vault, he has a ton of recordings that he did. He was an amazing musician. And so he created so much stuff. And now the question is, who owns that? Who's going to release it? Will it be released? And that should really be a very personal thing for the family to be able to decide. And without a will or trust in place, who knows what's going to happen with all that material. And I think it's the same for anybody listening to this podcast. Uh, You may not have created music and, and tracks and things like that, but there are things that are very personal to you that you would want to be able to direct what happens to them. And without that in place, I, I can imagine it's just a nightmare. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the process that people will go to if they don't have a trust in place is called probate. That's simply the, the legal proceeding that determines either if you've died with, without a will, so you've died intestate, or if you have a will, it's, it's the same basic process where you go in front of a judge, it's a public record, and it's basically a determination of who is the new owner of these assets now that the current owner has passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be costly. In a lot of cases, you might have to have legal representation. And it's, it's a very public uh, process, and it could be challenged. So uh, oftentimes with uh, older wills especially – you might see that you don't have named beneficiaries, but simply listed as the children of Got it. this person or this couple. What we've seen in, in past uh, cases is all of a sudden a illegitimate child or someone claiming to be an illegitimate child steps into and says, hey, I deserve a portion of this. And oftentimes the family had no recollection or no knowledge uh, of this beneficiary, and that either creates a legal fight or a very public process of determining is this really a child and a legitimate child uh, of the deceased. Wow, yeah, that that's going to be a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. So there's a few things where you don't have to go through the probate process, regardless of a will or a trust being in place, and that's really anything that has a beneficiary uh, uh, attached to it. So that would be like an IRA or a 401k. Oftentimes, if they're done correctly, you have named a beneficiary uh, on that. And so with that, uh, that sort of instrument, you don't have to go through the probate process because you've actually named who your beneficiary will be. And the courts don't need to get involved. Same thing where if you have joint ownership of something – where most married couples might have a joint bank account. Uh, In that case, there's no probate process that has to be gone through if one of the spouses passes away. It's simply a re-registration of that account into the surviving spouse's name. Okay. So so those two, two, uh, two types really don't have to go through or worry about that probate process. So we've talked about kind of the basics of the estate plan and probate. Now let's go ahead and and just chat a little bit about the basics tools for estate planning. And that's really your will versus your trust. And now most people are probably fairly familiar with what a will is. A will is a written document that has been witnessed that, that basically lines out what you would like to have done with your assets at your passing. Now a will 
has a, an executor that will come in after that passing and basically guide that will through the probate process and follow the instructions lined out on the will of where those assets should go. Some of the, the pros and cons there is a will is, is in most cases cheaper to implement than a trust would be. However, it does have to go through the probate process, which is much more expensive than distribution of assets through a trust. So a trust is the other estate planning tool that you can use in lieu of a will. The trust is a legal document. It's much more complicated than a will. And actually what happens is, is before the grantors of the trust, the people who create the trust, pass away, they will actually begin retitling their assets to now be owned by the trust. Now, in a revocable trust, they can still take those assets out of the trust if they needed to, if they needed to shut down the trust before they passed away. Mm -hmm. So they're not losing the ownerships of, uh, of the trust, but they're simply transferring it into the name of the trust. And then when they pass away, those assets can be transferred to the beneficiaries of that trust without going through the, the probate process. So the biggest difference between that will and the trust is simply that the will has to go through that probate process. Whereas with the trust, the successor trustee, the trustee that takes over for the original trustees, will pass those assets down to the beneficiaries without going through that public process of Got probate. It. Okay, that makes sense. So the question is, is, well, what happens if I miss an asset and don't get it put into the name of the trust? So every trust that I have seen has what's called a pour-over will. And that is actually a will that is designed to collect any assets that were left outside of the trust and put it inside of the trust. Now, any assets that were, that were left outside of the trust has to go through that probate process. But then once they're placed inside of the trust, then they can be passed on to the beneficiaries. So are we talking about like a vehicle or a piece of jewelry that, you know, the husband bought the wife that is, you know, high value that just didn't make it into a trust. Is that what we're talking about? Exactly. Or a, a bank account that you set up years ago and you forgot, forgot about. Oh, okay. Got it. That sort of asset, you know, uh, vehicles oftentimes don't get retitled into the name of the trust. That pour over will can pick those assets up, get them retitled into the name of the trust. And then the successor trustee can go through the distribution process from yeah. that point on. The other great thing with the trust versus a will is in a trust, you can actually, as the grantor of the trust, the original person who created the trust, you can actually turn over the management of your assets before you pass away. You can actually turn that over to your successor trustee, the person you've named to handle those assets. So in a lot of times, a lot of cases where we have someone uh, maybe lose the ability to manage their affairs mm -hmm. due to, you know, just getting older, dementia, stroke, that sort of things. 
they can actually ha- turn the, those responsibilities over to the successor trustee and have that successor trustee manage their affairs while they're still living. Whereas with a will, that is only that can only be executed after the death of the the writer of that will. Okay. Okay. Some of the downsides of a trust is it is more expensive to have a trust established than it is just to get a simple will in place. So oftentimes I've seen a lot of attorneys look at the net worth uh, of a client to determine whether or not it's it's beneficial to a client to get a trust in place. Now, you can also use a trust to avoid some probate taxes. So often they say, well, we only need a trust for a very high uh, net worth client. However, if a client's looking for kind of those additional protections and the additional flexibility and privacy that a trust provides, it may make sense for someone with a net worth under a million dollars to get a trust created. Now, the other estate planning documents that we really just recommend kind of across the board for people are a power of attorney and an advanced directive. Mm-hmm. So in a power of attorney is a document for while you're still living. So this isn't necessarily to pass on assets, but this is to help clients protect themselves should they no longer be able to make decisions for themselves to have a trusted person named as a power of attorney to act on their behalf and basically manage their assets while they're still living but no longer able uh, to take care of themselves. In my personal situation, my stepmother, due to dementia, was no longer able to manage her affairs. So using uh, the power of attorney she had given me while she was still uh, of sound mind, we were able to manage all of her affairs uh, as she went through that long-term care event. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was able to manage that over a five-year time frame so that really nothing fell through the cracks. We were able to uh, basically consolidate all of her assets, pay the bills, make health care decisions for her, uh, and just make sure that, that she was taken care of without having the courts step in and create a guardianship or a conservatorship. That's awesome. Now, for an advanced directive, that's really your document that says, if, if there's a medical event and I'm no longer able to communicate, what would I like to have done? Now, this is different than a do not resuscitate order. A do not resuscitate or a DNR is a form that we usually see people who are three to six months out from passing away sign that basically says they don't want any life-saving uh, techniques or uh, interventions done for them, whereas an advanced directive is more for something terrible happening like a major stroke, uh, where tube feeding might be involved, something along those lines. That advanced directive, we just we just think everyone should have in place just in case they, they ever, God forbid, have a situation like that. Um, and they don't have to rely on their loved ones to make those decisions, which can be extremely painful decisions to have to make. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think it's just just something that you can do to be responsible for yourself and not put that on, on your family. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
finally, the the other kind of estate planning form I want to talk about, this really isn't a legal form at all. This is simply, I think if you're you're leaving assets to loved ones or even charities, write out the reasons why you're making these decisions. Oh, that's good. Write out a letter to the charity, to your loved ones. Explain why you're passing this down to them. I think so often we're, we're, we're worried about the money side of things, and we don't spend enough time thinking about the values that we want to pass on along with that money. Hmm. You know, it, it gives, gives people one last chance to say, this is, this is the, these are the reasons why I valued our relationship. These are the reasons why I care about you. These are the reasons why I love you. And I think just taking the time to write that out is an extremely beneficial way of passing on, I think, something more important than money. Absolutely. The other things we talk about quite often is doing a, a pre-death inheritance event. So that's really where you, know, you might pass along some assets to your kids before you pass away or do some charitable giving before you pass away just to, to give people a, a chance uh, to learn, hey, what is it like to receive this money? Mm-hmm. What do you do with it? And you can see how your, your beneficiaries and your heirs will react to that situation as well. Yeah, that'd be pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. So we do that quite often for people. That's great. So that covers the basics of estate planning and some of those documents that a lot of people might not be familiar with. They've heard of them, but might, might not know uh, how they work and how they work together to pass on assets. Now, next time, we're going to get into charitable giving and estate planning. This is one of my my, uh, my favorite talk, topics to talk about, just because I think we, we accumulate these assets. We, we want to take care of our family, but I think there's also some other things we can do to benefit our communities and the world around us as well. Now, as we finish up, I just want to make it abundantly clear. I'm not an attorney, so seek out the advice of an attorney for your unique situation. Everybody's different. Everybody has different moving parts with their financial life. Mm -hmm. So you want to go out and find uh, an attorney to help you with your unique situation. Royal, I know that you, you mentioned this earlier also, but I know that you must work with a great team or you have a, an estate planning attorney that you work with. Is that correct? That is correct. That is, is correct. Yeah. Is there any way that you could bring them on as a guest? Because you, you gave us an amazing, about a 10,000 foot view of a lot of information. Uh, could we get them on as a guest so we can have this three-way conversation of what they do and kind of the questions that they're asked most? Absolutely. That would be great. I would love that. So that'll, that'll be a future podcast for sure. And so the next time we're going to be talking about estate planning and charitable giving, which again, charitable giving, I love that topic. So I'm really looking forward to that. Wonderful. All right. Any other closing thoughts today? To kind of just wrap up, you know, you already have an estate plan. The question is, is it the estate plan you want? Yeah. yeah. I think this is, hopefully this will be a, a great motivator to, to start start thinking about how you would like to pass on not only your assets, but also your values when you leave this earth. Yeah, and if you think that the government does a great job with their finances and all the things that they do, uh, and you want to trust them with what you want to pass down to your family, then great. Otherwise, <laughs> somebody Absolutely. please call Royal. <laughs> 
All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the Life by Design podcast with Royal Stanley today. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Royal comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening. For everyone at Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Life by Design podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The views expressed are those of the presenter and may not reflect the views of United Planner Financial Services. Material discussed is meant to provide general information and is not to be construed as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. Individual needs vary and require consideration of your unique objectives and financial situation. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Advisory services offered through Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. Securities offered through United Planner Financial Services of America, member FINRA and SIPC. Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. and United Planners Financial Services are independent companies.